Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at the Zen Sportsbook. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN, get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. Primetime is also presented by True Math Fitness in the Gulch, a new way to work out for the best version of you. Go to truemathfitness.com where you can get your first workout free. I uh, was at the press conference today. We carried uh, basically the first half of it on the radio show, and then uh, it bled into Blaine and Mickey a little bit. It was a long press conference today. We spoke to both the head coach and both coordinators. Um, and like I said, I felt like we learned a lot. So we'll keep it simple in the comment section. Your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. What was the best thing that you heard from Brian Callahan, Denard Wilson, or Nick Holtz today? You can say something that you liked from all three of them. You can say uh, that you liked something from one and disliked something from from another. We'll get to the worst here in just a second. But the best thing that you heard at today's press conference, if you were able to catch it, maybe you read some tweets, maybe you saw some videos on A to Z Sports, Um, we'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the primetime program and your Two Rivers Ford take is presented by the place that I was today. We shot a a TV commercial for Two Rivers Ford today, and it was awesome. Can't wait for you guys to see it. There's going to be a lot more cool ones with a lot more people involved. It's going to be a big time, and Two Rivers Ford is not just a fun place to shoot a TV commercial, but it is the best place for you to get a quality American-made Ford vehicle and award-winning customer service. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet. It's truck month, as a matter of fact, at Two Rivers Ford. Go check out all their F-150s on the lot or or online at tworiversford.com. I, uh, they let me keep the mustache, by the way, which was a huge upset. In fact, they love the mustache. I was surprised. I thought I'd brought my razor. I was prepared to shave. Uh, and yet still, so there's going to be a television commercial with me and the mustache. God help us. Anyway, what was the best thing that you heard at the press conference today? Uh, Vernon Sanford says the attacking defense, that the defense was going to be attacking. I think you guys are going to I don't know how he's going to be as a defensive coordinator, Denard Wilson, but I know he's a fun quote and an interesting quote. He's out here, uh, I think he quoted today General George Patton as a part of his press conference. He's obviously a very high-energy individual. He's a very focused individual. Um, And I thought that his his feedback on the defense was uh, was something that I enjoyed. I think that the correct answer, you know, we asked, uh, we asked, basically what is your base defense and how are you going to approach it and what he said was the correct response which is well we're going to figure out what the base defense is once we figure out who the hell we're who's playing for us right because we talked about this on the radio show today your defensive line room kind of is bad right now beyond Jeff I mean I guess if you want to count Harold in there you feel a little better about it but like what do the Titans have on the defensive line moving forward that's under contract other than Jeff Simmons, it's a pretty scary drop-off. It's a bunch of dudes. There's no more T.R. Tart. We'll see what happens with the Nico Autry. Um, like I said, Landry is a is a good to great in, in moments players, as is Jeff. But we saw in 2020, the two of them simply aren't enough. They were part of the worst third-down defense in the sport and couldn't get near the quarterback when it was just the two of them. Arden Key is inconsistent. Weaver is, I don't know, Weaver's out there. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to make much of an impact on the game even though I uh I enjoy uh I enjoy and Puka says did your girlfriend hurt you did you did you get flowers sent no Puka I've been single for I think I've been single since 
before Christmas for sure. So, no, I don't think I've done Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. It's probably been since Darren and I were dating. And that's been, uh, I don't know, when did Darren and I break up? That was October of last football season? That sounds right. Either way, we didn't do Valentine's Day. I'm, I'm absolved from all Valentine's Day responsibilities. But we're not here to talk about relationship status and the like. We are here to talk about the coordinator and the head coach. There were a couple of things that I liked that I heard today that I really enjoyed. Um, In particular, Callahan on play calling versus what he was previously as as an OC, what Nick Holtz will become as an offensive coordinator. Um, And kind of the detail that he went into, I really, really enjoyed the explanation and it painted a pretty clear picture of what this thing is going to look like when they get out on the field. Um, is the answer uh, because of the way that the, that the week operates and the way you build a game plan with the input from the staff and the input from the quarterback, which is sort of the, the, the cherry on top of the preparation process as you get to Saturday. Uh, quarterback's going to have a lot of input as to what he likes and where his favorites are. He'll rank the plays as we get ready to go to a game. So, for example, uh, you know, we might have uh, our top two plays in third and two to three and third and four to six. They're going to come off the sheet just like that, especially early in the game until we have to adjust in between series or, or at the quarter, at the half, however that works. But we have a starting point plan, just like you have uh, your kind of, we call them openers. Some people call them first 15, but uh, you have a handful of plays in there that you're trying to probe the defense. You're trying to uh, give your guys a chance to get a rhythm going. Uh, quarterback's going to have a, an input into that portion of the game plan. So the early part of the game, when you when the calling of the plays, is really sort of already done before the game starts. Uh, where good play callers, I think, make their money and where good staffs uh, separate themselves in this league is how quickly you can pivot uh, in the process of a game. Uh, again, whether that's usually in between series or even trying to think about what's coming next. And so uh, the anticipatory part of that process is really, I think, what separates um, play callers in the league. But as far as the game plan and the early part of the game, it's going to be relatively well set uh, before the game even uh, before it even hits Sunday. And so uh, that's that's how you hope it to be. That's how you want it to be. And then again, what, where we make our money on Sundays is um, how quickly we can adjust and pivot and adapt to whatever we're seeing that might be different than we anticipated. So that's Brian Callahan, and sitting next to him is his new offensive coordinator, Nick Holtz, and, uh, Holtz, and they're describing the process of what this is going to look like as an offensive play-calling head coach and an offensive coordinator who does not call plays. We will uh, get into more of what I liked from the press conferences today here in just a second. Right after I remind you that the primetime program is presented by TrueMap Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMapFitness.com. Get your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. No workout ever recycled or repeated. TrueMap Fitness goes above and beyond to help you achieve your fitness goals. Listen, you guys know that I pick up a little weight during football season. We got as low as 190 this past summer. And the goal is to get back down to the 185, 190 range. True Math Fitness is helping me accomplish that goal. They've helped me uh, get back into off-season shape because off-season shape for me is better shape than football season because, of course, I'm living terribly and sleeping poorly and uh, eating in press boxes around the country and internationally because we were in London for a week. True Math Fitness is here to help rescue my physical fitness to get me ready for a bunch of vacation that I've got coming up in Los Angeles and Miami at the beach 
uh, here in the very, very near future, which we're excited about. But we're not going to look like a slob because TrueMav Fitness has us covered. You can get your first workout free and try it for yourself at TrueMavFitness.com. With uh, Callahan and Holtz, there's an interesting dynamic there. Apparently, they bonded in the one year that they spent together with the Raiders that they've maintained. And and obviously, you know, uh, both products of the same high school. They're both of, uh, in fact, I think they're the same age or they're very, very close in age, both in the early or early 40s, late 30s uh, point in their lives. Same high school, Oakland Raiders staff for a year as uh, Holtz was a holdover on John from Jack Del Rio to John Gruden and Brian Callahan was hired by John Gruden. And so kind of hearing the dynamic and understanding the relationship and understanding how they game plan and things like that to be ready for the week and how involved Nick Holtz is going to be in that and how involved Brian Callahan was going to be in that or was as a Bengals offensive coordinator and what he learned from Zach Taylor. It's the same model that they're trying to implement here. So we will see whether it is successful or not. I'm sure there are moments when it's going to drive you crazy. I'm sure there are moments when you're going to love it. I guess as a Titans fan, you hope. Uh, if you, if you're you guys that, that the moments that you love are more than the moments that you hate. And we will, uh, we will see how long it takes for that vision to be realized based on the structure that they have put it in together. Uh, I think that when you look at a lot of this stuff, there's a lot to like in principle in practice TBD, the three least experienced people at their jobs that they're going to be doing with the Tennessee Titans are Brian Callahan, Nick Holtz, and Denard Wilson. Now, that does not mean that they are unprepared or that they uh, are not equipped or that they don't have the support system in place. The staff is there and a really, really good wealth of knowledge and experience in different backgrounds from different places and different schemes offensively and defensively that I think is going to put these three gentlemen in position to succeed. But, you know, we'll just have to wait around and see how that plays out because it's February the 14th, uh, which, by the way, I, it hit me so hard in the chest that franchise tag stuff is next week and that combine is two weeks from today. The idea that I'm going to be in Indianapolis for a week, full, you know, full face down in draft stuff, uh, two weeks from the end of the football season or almost two weeks from the end of the football season. Really, it blows my mind every year. And I guess it, it feels shorter because it is now that they have the extra playoff game and the extra regular season game. So <laughs> that football is just not letting us come up for air at all is great for business. But I, it was kind of jarring for me to think about, oh my God, I've got to go back on the road. It's been a while. I mean, I've been chilling for a month because the Titans are sucking. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs this year. So it's been a, I wouldn't say it's in a low-key offseason, but I haven't had to go anywhere in a while. So, uh, yeah, we're excited for the Combine, and we're excited to be up there covering it for you guys for uh, 104.5 The Zone and A to Z Sports. Uh, another thing that I liked from Brian Callahan, Nick Holtz, and Denard Wilson's press conference was uh, Wilson's thoughts on becoming a de defensive coordinator and Holtz on Levis. We'll play both of those clips uh, for you here in a second. Well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play for you first – Wilson talking about becoming a defensive coordinator, and then you'll hear from Callahan on why that was the hire that Callahan wanted to make. It's still early in the process, but, you know, we have OTAs, we have training camp. As we go through that cycle, you know, you get better and better. You learn by doing, right? So you get better on your job. Iron sharpens iron. So we'll have call it periods and all that stuff. So, you know, you'll get better on the job, but also it goes back to what I just said earlier, the people that trained me to get here, 
And then I, I can't mention enough, the defensive staff that we put together, they're going to all be a part of it. When we get into game planning, they're going to have their own sections. They're going to be the head coach of, 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 of their sections, whether it's third down, two minute, first and second down, drop back, the run game. So I'm going to lean on those guys. And then when we get into game plan, into the game, the game plan is already done, right? So now it's about calling it how you saw it in terms of how the teams attack, their personnel, their tendencies on situational football, okay? And then as we start to play, we have to adjust to the schemes that they have because they're going to have new wrinkles. And with the guys we have and the wealth of knowledge that we have in that uh, defensive room, we'll be able to adjust quickly, all right, play by play, quarter by quarter, all right, half by half. So we'll, we'll be fine in that direction. So that is Denard Wilson speaking on becoming a defensive coordinator. You're going to hear from Brian Callahan on hiring Denard Wilson to be the defensive coordinator here in just a second. A quick reminder that the primetime show is presented by Zen Sports Basketball. I'm watching the Vols and Arkansas right now. Tennessee on the road. They had a terrible, uh, they had a terrible slip up against Texas A&M a little while ago. They are looking to rebound after Saturday's loss. As a 17 and 16, they're up 30 to 22 right now. And if you are betting basketball, you should be betting basketball at Zen Sports. Download the app, plug in the promo code ATOZTN. Get up to $1,000 on your no danger first wager. ZenSports.com for more information. Gambling uh, problem, call the Tennessee Red Line 1 800 889 9789. Terms and conditions do apply. Must be 21 or up in Tennessee to bet. All right, so this was Brian Callahan speaking today about hiring Denard Wilson for his first defensive coordinator job. Uh, a willingness to be multiple, to play different coverages, to play multiple fronts, uh, to be able to mix the coverage scheme uh, with the talent that you have, to be able to blitz when it's required to blitz, um, be able to play max coverage when you have to play max coverage. There's just an element of, of playing defense now in the NFL with, with the way that the passing game is and the way these offenses are that um, if, if you lock yourself into one thing, you tend to, to get found out pretty quickly. And so uh, just one of the things I always respected about the places Denard's been and the defenses he's been a part of uh, is that ability to, to be flexible and adaptable to what uh, the scheme on offense is presenting you. Meanwhile, still keeping a core fundamental approach to what is important on the defense and as, as uh, Denard has talked about it. But, that's to me was the most important part schematically. The other part of it was the person. Um, you know, as you guys get to know Denard, as I've got to know Denard, is is great energy, uh, really positive, good to be around. He's a guy that I, that I like sitting next to, and and I've I hired a lot of the people on the staff with that in mind. Is that they're guys that I want to go to work with every day, and 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 I hope that they, as a staff, want to work together themselves. And I think that uh, your team feels that as well. So when your staff is connected and you want to be around them, uh, hopefully the, the locker room feels that as they come into the building with us. But uh, at the end of the day, they're, they're guys that I like being around and, and present a lot of positive traits, both uh, in the schematic portion uh, and the relationship portion, that to me are, are equally as important uh, when you're building a staff. So that's Brian Callahan speaking on hiring Denard Wilson. I know the audio is a little low there, but just describing you know how much energy he brings to work, how it's going to be a great place for people to want to come to work, uh, between the uh, between the uh, uh, coaching staff, the players, the support staff, and things of that nature. That's where they're at uh, with it. And Denard Wilson is very, very highly regarded. I, a text that I got from a Titan source today about Denard Wilson, and I will read that for you as soon as I pull up my text messages. Um, 
all of the people that this particular uh, Titans individual uh, knows in both Philadelphia and Baltimore, love Denard Wilson, um, says a little bit lesser known commodity is Nick Colts uh, and provides some additional color commentary that is not necessary for the purpose of the show. But rave reviews for Denard Wilson. He had options. He chose the Titans. It is uh, the coaching staff is good in principle, but the roster is still bad and they've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to uh, get it done. So uh, a lot to get done, right? Between uh, Bill Callahan and Denard Wilson and Tracy Rocker coming back to the state of Tennessee for his third stint, uh, first with the Titans and then with the Vols before uh, being in, I think he went to South Carolina and then went to Philadelphia after that to be their defensive line coach. Tracy Rocker is back, right? So there's a lot of familiar faces. There's a lot of names that you recognize. There's a lot of career position coaches who are um, going to be sought after commodities. They were sought after commodities here. Good on Brian Callahan and Rand Carthon. Uh, people brought up Rand Carthon a lot in today's press conferences, which again, uh, speaks to the importance of Rand Carthon as a relationship person, even if he's not, you know, I don't know what he is as a general manager or a, or a, 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 what his draft record will end up being, if draft record is a thing or his draft hit percentage, however you want to describe that. I have no idea. I don't think he's done a good job as Titans GM. I don't think he's done a bad job. I just think that Rand Carthon is kind of an incomplete grade right now, but the connection for Denard Wilson is not Brian Callahan like the entire offensive coaching staff is. It's Rand Carthon because they spent time together during the Rams. Uh, Wilson brought up the idea of him and Rand used to talk about, hey, when we come up, when we get there, when we get to the place that we want to be. In Wilson's case, a defensive coordinator, and I don't know if he has head coaching aspirations, but it's fair to assume. Rand Carthon, now one of 32 NFL general managers at the at the top of his particular profession, uh, right now, that was a critical part in landing Denard Wilson from, you know, going to the Rams or going to the Bears or all these different things. This is uh, this is something that for uh, for the Titans and for you guys is a good sign. Like I said, I have no idea what their football, t- what their actual football team is going to look like. So it's it's tough to uh, it's tough to make any kind of drastic assessments right now, other than they're saying all the right things and. I, I have enjoyed the media availability that we've had with them so far. I feel like I've I learned something every time, and uh, and with that, I think that uh, and with that, I think that there is a lot of the uh, there is a lot of the a lot of the signs that this will be productive for the most important players on the roster. Um, Danny says, you're right, man, no doubt, but it was the one guy I mentioned. He did it in the, oh, I don't know what, that's that's something different. Oh, that's about the, the press conference stupidity today. I just, it's so embarrassing. Um, we don't have to, that would probably be my worst, but well, we don't, we don't really need to, I don't know, maybe I'll bitch about it on the radio show tomorrow. I just don't want to waste, waste air here talking about it, even though it does seem to be interesting to some of you guys. Um, Bossman Jim says of Rand Carthon, he's done a good job so far. Drafted Levis, Skaronsky, and Sharp. Um, yeah, but Levis was three and nine as a starter. I don't know that he's your definitive franchise quarterback. Um, Skaronsky, okay, foundational piece. Looks like he could be good. Didn't play very. He looked like a rookie offensive lineman on a bad offensive line. 
Tajay Spears is for sure a feather in Rand Carthon's cap to his credit. That's a position he played. It's a position he knows. Um, I remember Rand talking about Spears glowingly when they drafted him because when they took a running back in the third round, you know, a fair amount of Titans fans looked around I, I based on the feedback that you guys were providing me on Twitter and uh, were not particularly pleased with the Tajay Spears. Uh, with the Tajay Spears. Uh, oh, you said Sharp and I said Sharp. It's Tajay Spears. Damn it. Don't do that to me. Uh, boss, man, I'm trying. I'm having a hard enough time. I thought I got through a season where I handled it pretty well, but uh, I'm sure there's going to be moments where I slip up and say Tajay Spears instead of Sharp. Either way, I think that, uh, I think that you know, results are, it's it's an incomplete great. They were 6-10 and 10 last year. They're a shitty football team. So I'm not going to say that anybody did a good job when your product is 6-10, and 10, when your product is unwatchable, when your product, all, all three of those players, offensive players, averaged uh, what combined or helped combined. And Tannehill's a part of this, and Dillard is a part of this, all the bad parts of the offense, right? Um, because you didn't mention any of the, the free agents that were signed in Rand Carthon's first year, and you can blame Rabel for that, but if you're going to blame uh, if you're going to give Rand credit for the draft and then blame Frabel for free agency, you understand why that's, you know, that's not exactly uh, exactly the correct approach. They're a bad football team. We'll see if they get better. Levis definitely belongs. We'll see how much better he gets. I think that, uh, I think that with Skaronsky, I'm optimistic. Spears is definitely a hit. So one of the three players that you mentioned, I definitively know to be a good football player. How they construct this staff to better improve guys like Skaronsky, Levis. We'll see if uh, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, guys like that, are salvageable. Um, there's just, uh, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. So I, I'm not going to say that anybody did a good job on a six-win football team last year, especially one that averaged 17. What, what were they up? They were up to 17.9 after averaging 17.5 points per game in 2022. So... Yeah, no, nobody did a good job. And and Rand Carthon, we'll see. He he basically just got a promotion to be the general manager after being the general manager, the general, excuse me, the general manager for a year. Uh, Dennis Branca says, Levis's record means nothing. Uh, we saw what he can do. He's going to be very good. Well, no, you have no idea. There's nothing, there is nothing that you can stand on concretely to say he's going to be very good definitively. No, of course that's... Not the case. I would have said. Uh, I would have said Trevor Lawrence was going to be very good after his first year. Trevor Lawrence kind of mid. Um, Levis has plenty of stuff to clean up. His record absolutely does mean something. Three and nine uh, as a, or excuse me, three and six in nine starts is not good. The Dolphins game is something, but he damn near lost them that game in route to going on to win that game. So I think it's fine to be optimistic about Levis. I'm not down on him by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not sold on him by, by any means. I, and you know, to, if, if you want to, if you want to hear people smarter than me feedback on Levis and kind of see the mixed reviews, go check out Jimmy Wyatt's, uh, go check out Jimmy Wyatt's timeline from the Super Bowl, where he's talking to Brian Baldinger. He's talking to Dan Orlovsky. He's talking to, and everybody he he's talking to, he brings up Will Levis and it, even for me, who is optimistic about Levis, it was more of a mixed reviews than I than I honestly expected. So, you know, there there is a lot to like, but you guys aren't going to come in here and definitively tell me that Will Levis is for sure going to be good because rarely do these quarterbacks actually work out. 
And, uh, you know, I love that he plays golf with Phil Mickelson. I love that he uh, bet the uh, or that he guessed the flop in poker. Uh, and I love that he beat Trevor Lawrence in ping pong. I'm sure you did, too. It's the biggest win that you had in the AFC South last year. Um, no, Levis is, is far from, from proven by any stretch of the imagination. He's got a shit ton more to prove. So don't, don't get too ahead of yourself. Um, keep your expectations relative. And, you know, <clears throat> I think realistic expectations could pay dividends here. I don't know that he's going to make a huge leap from year one to year two. I don't know that the offensive line is going to be that much better, right? A rookie left tackle is not, you know... <laughs> Rookie left tackles in the NFL, man, they struggle. They struggle, even the best ones. Um, look at, uh, is it Andrew Thomas for the New York Giants um, that was just one of the worst offensive linemen in the sport and then turned out to be a, a, 20, a 20 plus million dollar a year player. So it's, it's progress for sure. They're making, they're checking the correct boxes to get the best out of him. Uh, boss man, Jim says the talent is there though, Buck just has to be put together. It's literally what I just said. And unless you weren't listening to me, um, he is a talented player. I'm optimistic about him. Uh, it just has to be put together. You make that sound so simple when it's anything, but for any quarterback in the league, they're not all CJ Stroud. In fact, nobody historically has been CJ Stroud, not, uh, not, Joe Burrow, not Justin Herbert. C.J. Stroud is the best rookie quarterback that we have seen come into the league and take it by storm that way. Win a playoff game. It's it's there's a lot of stuff that has to be done. Like I said, continue continue to make the moves to fortify the thing around him. But uh, you know, if if Will Levis is going to give you a chance, he's got to be a superstar. And Will Levis is, you know, Will Levis looked like a starting quarterback last year. There's a lot of work to do before that person can become a legitimate superstar. And the hope, if you're a Titans fan, is that they've made the correct hires, that they're going to maximize the skill sets of the offense. This is going to look like more modern football and that that's going to help the quarterback in a huge way. And that the continuity of keeping him in the same system with an offensive coach who's going to call the plays here is a big part of that. So he's going to progress. He's going to make strides. Uh, Marco said, of course, he's going to progress. It's only year two. Like I said, you could say uh, you could say the same thing about Trevor Lawrence. You guys can't speak definitively about any of these guys. Five first-round quarterbacks in that Lawrence class, right? Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. I don't think a damn one of them is good. Or, like, worthy of a first-round draft pick. I mean, they were worthy of a first-round draft pick, but, like, the one that you feel the best about is Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence is really, you know, middling here. Um, so I, I appreciate your optimism. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tamp it down at all, but I want you to be, well, I am trying to tamp it down. I'm trying to make it realistic because I think you guys are getting way ahead of yourself. And I think, frankly, I think those, uh, I think that, uh, I, I think that the, I think you, as a fan base, and I'm not, you know, it's not all of you. There's a handful of people who are uh, who are bringing this up, but I think that there's there's a lot of you who do him a disservice by trying to get too far ahead of yourselves with this stuff. Uh, uh, Terry Anderson says, "How long did it take Josh Allen to figure out?" <clears throat> well, they were in the playoffs. Josh Allen was a better rookie quarterback than Levis was. Now he had a better football team than Levis did. Because if I recall correctly, Josh Allen was in the postseason in his rookie year. Now, they didn't win. That uh, was a struggle. He definitely took a while to get there. He's still not completely there. There's still a lot of 
dumb Wyoming type bullshit that Josh Allen is out there on the field doing now. He's an incredibly, Josh Allen is the most physically talented. He's not the best quarterback, but he's the most physically talented player at the position uh, that we've seen since Cam Newton. So with that, I am curious to see. I think Levis and, and Allen aren't fair. Compa- the, the comparison that I think is fair, and Levis is further along than Josh Allen was in terms of accuracy, but it's a, the accuracy of the quarterback and how Levis progresses, how he manages things, how he sees things, how he identifies, how he isolates and eliminates when he's going through his progressions, how he figures out how to adjust at the line of scrimmage to get them into more favorable spots. All of that is going to be a learning curve. His rookie season, having a bunch of speed bumps and hurdles, provided that he stay healthy, he's only going to get better from that with the right coaching. And it feels, we'll see if it plays out, but it feels like um, it feels like they are on the right track. Uh, Thea D says, Levis can make every throw. Sure, he can make every throw, but he can also make every throw in the direction of a defensive back. And he had a shit ton of passes. He had a shit ton of interceptable passes this year. In fact, I will uh, I will look up for you. Um, it wasn't like Jameis Winston 30 for 30 level, but he did have a bunch of, of, of interceptable passes dropped. Now, all quarterbacks do. That's fine. You, you don't hold it against Levis that he has interceptable passes that aren't caught, but the rate of them is concerning. He was the league leader after he became a starting quarterback in off-target throws among any player in the NFL, uh, any starting quarterback in the NFL. He'll get there. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to speak definitively about anything, but we don't have to, excuse me, we don't have to get too hung up in the, uh, we don't have to get too hung up in the Levis stuff tonight. It's going to be interesting, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, listen, I'm rooting for him. <clears throat> I'm rooting for him personally. He seems like a nice guy. I've enjoyed getting to know him a little bit. Look forward to getting to know him more over the course of his career. But, uh, you know, I don't want to watch shitty football any more than you do. So I, I would like to see Will Levis succeed. I'm tired of it. I would also like to, for you to get your left tackle situation fixed. But I've been waiting on you for, to do that for five years. So we'll see. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Um, not there. We have the worst blocked out here, but there wasn't really like a bad moment from the press conference other than the, uh, um, a, a small moment that I think went out over the live stream and then carried over into the media room. And then in the hallway of the second story of, of St. Thomas sports park. And that's just uh, the whole thing was embarrassing. And I was, I was very disappointed. Um, I wasn't disappointed in PK. I thought PK was in the right there. I don't know uh, the name of the gentleman who now works. He's the new Sports Illustrated guy. But uh, I want to say his name is Nobias, I think. Uh, he sits a couple. He was he was hired late in the year. I, I don't know him. I'm not there every day anymore. Uh, but I have been in a couple of press conferences with him, and he just shouts over everybody. It's completely untenable, and it's super annoying, and it's frankly unprofessional. Uh, and he did that shit today. He did it to Kayla. He did it to PK. He did it to a couple of people. And, you know, PK went back at him and then went back at him again and then went back at him again. Uh, so, you know, all right, we got into it. Hope you're happy. Uh, everyone asking questions at the same time. Well, sure. Yeah, that's a press conference. Like, I'm not mad at people talking over one another. You need to talk over one another. Um, but some dude who I don't, not, not that it matters if I don't know him, but like, I've been, this is going to be nine years coming up. Paul has been here for 25 years. Like I, no matter what you think of Kaharski or me or Kayla or Teresa or whatever, 
uh, we have a dynamic that works. And if you come in and try and be the, the loudest voice in the room and just talk over everybody else, when you have zero credibility with any of us, with any of them, uh, or, or the like, you know, he may, he may be a good journalist. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know the man. I've never read anything that he's written. Uh, all I know is that he's a screamer in press conferences and he really, really pisses me off. So, um, hopefully that gets better. I don't want to dislike anybody in Titans media. I've always had uh, Titans media is basically my family. I've been with those people. Hell I've lived in Nashville longer than I've lived in any place in my entire life. So I, I consider all of those people to be my family. They're closer than friends. Those are the people that I've spent more time with than my family in my life. So I've uh, never had an issue with anybody in Titans media. And I hope that this person isn't the first, but he's not off to a great start. And I would like to see him do better. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, radio show. Tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Tomorrow's my Friday. I am uh, off Friday and Monday. Uh, I got a bunch of vacation coming up, but don't worry. We'll be here in some form or fashion, and we'll continue to uh, we'll continue to provide you coverage. Franchise tag stuff starts next week. Um, radio show tomorrow will we'll cover a lot more that we didn't get to from today's press conferences from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Stephen King says, is Bert your Valentine? No, not even Bert is, is here with me anymore. I'm looking at a blank screen and some movie. I think he's turned his laptop away to whatever he was watching or trying to put together his punching dummy that he's setting up. Bert's the closest thing that I do have to a Valentine, uh, this year, but Bert was also the closest thing that I had to a Valentine last year, because for some reason I always tend to, uh, I always tend to, uh, avoid the parts of the year. Well, just basically holidays. I don't, I don't really do holidays generally it's not my thing anyway uh somebody asks oh you must be new here says twins are you a titans fan no i work here um i don't work for them either i cover them um so you know it's great that you all are fans but uh you know that's okay we're happy to see you that's a new uh youtube uh name that i've seen in here but no my job is to cover the team um to bitch about the team to talk about the things that the team does good to talk to people who are on the team and yeah uh, I don't have to be a fan to do any of that, which is great because it makes it a lot easier to do. If I, oh my God. Can you imagine if I actually, if I actually had some kind of emotional investment in this team, other than the, the success of the radio show and the primetime show and the 615 sessions podcast and the install podcast and all the other shit I'm doing on a regular basis. Um, I don't think I'd be able to do this. I don't think I'd be able to do this as a fan. I think it would make me very, very upset if I was a fan of this particular team, because this particular team is frustrating as all hell. <laughs> so I, I, I love you all. Um, but you know, your, your football team does not necessarily reward your love, uh, in that return. Rishi says, uh, uh, it's stressful, Buck. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Eric Alonzo says, Buck is the biggest Titan hater. No, I don't think so. I mean, Stillman is trying to, isn't Stillman trying to fire Ann Carthon or something like that? <laughs> I, I, uh. I mean, I love him. I love him for that. It's a ridiculous thing to say, but Jared is a ridiculous person. So I don't know that I am the biggest hater, but I do hate watching them sometimes because they play a lot of shitty football since I've been here. Now they win. Uh, they win more often than not since I've been here, which is definitely an improvement upon what well, my first year was three and 13 Marcus Mariota's rookie year. Uh, so they definitely had a great stretch of football in there that I enjoyed covering, but yeah, they're shitty again. And I would like to see them do better. Because, you know, that's what it is. Uh, Stephen King says, we need the honesty. Uh, Puka says, Tehran went after Stillman. Yeah, and you know what? To Tehran's credit, I think I think he called Jared out on some important stuff. Because there is a lot of, 
you know what, whether you want to make it about race or not, um, and I'm not going to speak on this as, as somebody who's, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm Middle Eastern, I'm Egyptian, right? But I'm not, I'm not a, a, a black general manager, the first black general manager of the Tennessee Titans. There is a lot of this language that is being used around Rand that feels a bit racially coded. And I'm not accusing Jared of doing anything intentionally racially charged. In fact, Jared is very much that, not that person. His politics are very much not that. Uh, and I, I've known him for a long time. Um, so, but, you know, you have to be careful about how you phrase things uh, in talking about some of this stuff because there is a lot, uh, a lot that people will and can read into it. William Jones says, Egypt is in Africa. You're black, buck. I'm, I am. North African American, yes, that is so. Uh, but I, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, I'm not going to. I, I almost compared it to Tiger Woods because the Masters commercial just played on ESPN. Obviously, not Tiger Woods. But if you want to claim me, I'll come to the cookout. If you don't, you don't have to. That's okay. That's what it is. But uh, yeah, Stillman Stillman needs to be careful around around some of that stuff because. He is, uh, you know, Teron, Teron pointed out some blind spots that I don't think are necessarily just about football for him. And I appreciate TD doing that anyway. Uh, okay. What else did I see that was worth talking about? Oh, uh, asks who's my football team. I don't have one. Um, we've talked about this before. I, uh, my mom bought me a Jets Jersey in second grade. Cause we lived in New York. It was a John Abraham jersey. I never went to a Jets game. I don't think I ever watched a Jets game until I, I mean, I watched, I saw the Jets with Mark Sanchez a couple of times or something like that, not in person, just on television. Um, but yeah, it was like wear a jersey to school day in second grade. They, I didn't have a jersey because my mom, single mom, uh, didn't give a shit about sports. So I didn't grow up watching football. I, uh, you know, I'm a basketball fan. Basketball is my favorite sport. I love watching football now. I enjoy covering football. Football games are the best. It's the whole reason that we do this. But uh, like I said, I really enjoy not having a team because I don't get upset the way that you guys do when my football team, I don't get, I don't have to deal with the highs, but I also don't have to deal with the lows, which is a blissful existence. Uh, and Indiana basketball has plenty enough lows in my life to avoid all of that. Um, twins says you are not a real Egyptian. You're Arabian. Oh, well, that's just somebody who doesn't know anything about geography. That's unfortunate. Well, maybe we should stop reading their comments then. I would, I, I would say, uh, that you need to improve upon your, uh, geographical, uh, knowledge, your ethnic, uh, ethnicity knowledge. Um, because I think what you're trying to say is that I'm Arab, not Arabian because Saudi Arabia and Egypt are two very different countries. So no, that is not in fact the case. So we will leave that dumb comment behind. We will move on with our evening. We will wrap this show up. I will be on from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. David Brown says Arabian laughing emoji. Yeah, like a horse, like an Arabian horse. What are we talking about here? All right. That's what I get for read, reading too many comments of somebody who I didn't, of somebody who I thought, you know, may may just make one, and then we can move on with our night. But then they made two other not great ones, and we have to keep moving. So that's going to do it. Radio show tomorrow, 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Come hang out with us there. Uh, no 615 sessions this week. I am off on Friday. We will still do primetime tomorrow night. No radio show on Friday. I will be back on radio on Tuesday, which is the next time that we will do the primetime show after tomorrow. Always enjoy you guys. Thank you for hanging out. Even the new ones, 
even the even the ones that made dumb comments, it's okay. You'll watch the film. You'll get better. It's just like football. You watch the tape and improve. You watch the tape and improve. Uh, I believe in you, twins. You can watch the tape and improve. You can go. I have. I in fact have a globe up uh, hung on the wall in my uh, in my office. I can provide it for you if you're so inclined and you need to learn more about the world. Um, but that's okay. You have the entirety of the internet at disposal, given that you have a, I assume, a computer or phone in front of you. So get better, get smarter. I'll see you guys tomorrow on A to Z Sports Prime Time. Oh, <laughs>